All right, my people, welcome back to the Well for Goodness Sake podcast. This is just a quick intro to part one of two episodes where I will be interviewing author, mom, public school teacher, Jenny Kime on her book titled The ABCs of a Teacher Mom, Imperfect Blog Style Entries Written from an Educator Soul for Every Letter of the Alphabet. Welcome to this incredible space where we will be talking about the topics like, well, identity, mom identity, body issues, me time, identity in Christ. Why am I even here at church right now? searching for that peace, perceptions and opinions, social media pros and cons. <laughs> we love it. We hate it. The struggle is real. Things outside of our control like COVID, being a public school teacher, dealing with parents, children, problems in the school system and how our kids behave in public. Welcome to part one. I'm so excited to be welcoming Jenny Kime and I'm so glad to have all of you here today while we cover these amazing adventures. Be sure to check back for part two or episode two while we complete this interview. So for today, welcome to part one of this interview with Jenny Kime. One back to the Well for Goodness Sake podcast, take two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I have an amazing guest on the podcast today, and we're interviewing her for her book, which is amazing. <laughs> and this is actually. Should I show it? Full... Like it's... Yep, show us the cover. No, hold it still so I can see it. Do it again. <laughs> The cover is, so the ABCs of a teacher mom. It's trying to blur it out a little bit. Yes, I know. I, what happened? It's oh. because those, yeah, those block filters. Yeah, things. and I didn't even choose that blur background. ABC, but, but you know what? You can take, it did it have for you me. is send me, since I got the Kindle version, I'll either try to screenshot it or you can just send me a picture of the book and I will add it into the post. So for my listeners, okay. I'm going to be adding a link to her book because it is fabulous and I do recommend that you go and check it out. You can get the Kindle version on Amazon or paperback. Is it paperback? Uh -huh. Paperback. Is, yes. So I'll share a screenshot, but look in the show notes at the end of the podcast today so that you can have a copy or you can have the link to get your own copy because uh -huh. it's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. full disclosure to the listeners, this is not the first recording. <laughs> Here with me today. Let's welcome Jenny Kime. I'm so glad that you're yeah. back. Thanks for putting up with me. So what really happened is this is our second time trying to record this. And then again, this morning we had more, I had more technical difficulties. I had it all set up to record from two different platforms and that's not working. So she, I had to kind of crawl back and beg her, but of course she's really nice. And so she was like, no big deal. And she's yeah, back I'm, and she's I'm so excited. Nice. The so, more practice, the better. Yeah. So she's like my first guest on the podcast. So welcome back. We're here to celebrate her book. And I'm going to tell you what the title is. It's the ABC of a teacher mom imperfect blog style entries written from an educator's soul for every letter of the alphabet and so we're gonna dive right into all of that I have like a whole bunch of notes here so that we can really stay on track and I think as I thought back on the week and how God has like specifically placed some things including the fact that I actually finished your book this time because the first time we recorded <laughs> I was over halfway done but I had not made it to the end and so I think I was like yeah. mm, I think you need to read the whole book before you interview her so and then two I definitely felt that whole mom identity like I was telling you trying to get the kids settled to get on here and talk to you I felt like I was losing myself and trying to get them ready to go but I'm also studying I hit things and well as we pass through it as we go through the notes and I have you know some of the pointers I'll share more of what happened through the week like just what I'm studying for the podcast the 66 days through the books we're not here to like talk about that but what I'm studying in the Bible related to something that I read when I was finishing your book I was, oh, oh I'm interesting I'm interested because there is a verse I there there's actually the verse that hit me um, prior to this time period in between us speaking. But there's a verse that's like sitting with me for a while and it's in Corinthians, but it connects to a verse in Genesis. So I'm curious to, I'm like, that would be very interesting if that all comes together and we yeah. were on the same wavelength there, yeah. but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So. I think it's really cool. I think that God, you know, even though it was, I, I felt kind of sick to my stomach. We talked for like an hour and 15 minutes, I think last week yeah. and then lost the whole thing. So, you know, today it looks successful. It looks like it's recording. Yeah. <laughs> we shall see. His plan. And even this morning on my utmost for his highest, like it was talking about, you know, how we try to do things. And I read somewhere in your book and we'll hit it at some point through the notes where you were talking about the verse in scripture where Moses is saying, me, you're picking me to do this. And that is literally what my utmost for his highest was this morning. I read that almost every day, the online version. Yeah. My grandma used to have yeah. the book. I have the book. And then this morning, it was that same verse in the Bible that I had just read last night when I finished your book. So I was yeah. like, yeah, God had a plan. He wanted me to finish stuff and he wanted to point some things out. 
And so I feel like, you know, even though I hit rabbit trails and you're a perfectionist and you're OCD and you're an overthinker and you're organized like me, you're you're going rabbit trails and so do I. But I think my notes yeah. are a little bit more organized than last time. So <laughs> that should help us. It's even color coded, which I know in our first interview, you talked about color coding everything and my notes are color coded. So when we're in identity, it's pink, the mom identity, and then it kind of fades into okay. yellows and oranges and then blues at the bottom. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> I think orange and yellow, those colors that are almost red, are like when I was talking about the things outside of our control. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yes. yeah. So it's more yeah. organized. Um, but thank you again for coming back and being here because I'm humbled to have you. And I learned a lot about you, even though I, again, like I said the first time we met, that I realized that this is not a complete package of who you are. Like this book is a little piece of who you are as a person and who you were as an educator, like a public school teacher, who you are as a mom, mm-hmm. who you are as a, you know, in all of your relationships, marriage, mm-hmm. daughter, and then mother. Mm-hmm. So I am very humbled to have you back on here and excited to get into our topics. I so am too. First yep, thing I have on here is identity because that I feel like that's a huge one and it does tie into one of our later things about social media because we even get lost in identity on social media. Mm-hmm. A lot of young girls are following people's pages based on what they look like and who they think they are. So I guess first we could chat about mom identity because you talk about when you become a mom, your whole person gets shifted. Who you were gets yes. shifted to the background. Like yeah. you lose, in a sense, you lose who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or who you were. And it's not that right. it's not for a good reason. Like moms have this purpose, right? Right, yeah. Again, this is something else that I was listening to someone else's podcast this morning. And this is our very first topic. What she was talking on her podcast this morning was speaking directly to a mother who was talking about getting lost. And her comment was, what you're doing is important. What you're doing right now matters. And she was speaking directly to moms. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like all falling into place. So speak to me a little bit about the very beginning when you first became a mom and why you felt like you were getting lost. What were some of the key reasons that you were feeling like you were losing your identity? Not necessarily like right now, but when you first felt as a young mom that you were getting lost, when you were talking about breastfeeding phases, trying to shuffle, should I still be a public school teacher phase when I have small children? What yeah, so kind of like the journey, how it yeah. began. And I think it I think it comes in many forms and ways. Um, I think, you know, you, you do, you know, your responsibilities shift, mm-hmm. you know, you don't even have time to think about yourself that much anymore, especially in the very beginning when your child needs all the nourishment and all of that. For some reason, the one thing that pops into my head and it will probably lead to another thing, but even like at the beginning, I was living in like the nursing tank top, you know, <laughs> the bun that you have now, because I know you have young kids, you know? Yeah. And I thought um, about but, wearing my hair down. So it's so funny that you say that. I even looked in the mirror with it down. I was like, nope, don't have time to fix that. And I just rolled it up. I know. I know. So it, um, it was funny because um, I would see, I would even look in the mirror sometimes and I would see myself in the tank and the, you know, I do have like exercise type shorts on today mm-hmm. and, and the bun. And then, um, and this was when, you know, cause I did have four months off when, you know, at the beginning of my motherhood. And then I went straight back into my old identity of being a teacher and, um, you know, full time in the classroom. And I remember in that transition, I would even look at myself in the mirror and I would be in this professional dress, you know, on, on some days, of course, I had to find all kinds of special professional things to wear so I could still yeah. pump and things like that as, as a public school teacher. But I would look at myself in the mirror and I would see that side of me. And then I would look at myself in the mirror when I was more just like in mom mode. And I, and I would just inwardly think about that, like, who am I, you know? And then it became so hard, just especially in that first year. And I would say it took me a good two years to actually like find myself again. And it probably took even longer for because I I feel like when I was like before a mom, I would try to keep up with like style and stuff like that. And then it just all went away. Like once motherhood hit, I like she was pretty cute. She had bows in her hair and I had her dressed up and stuff. And I looked like a hot mess express you know like because I just had no more time to dedicate to myself like it was just all dedicated to putting her together so I I don't know that I really kind of went in a direction of more of the outer appearance because that's what it but I but I feel like I've kind of brought myself back around to that you know Mm -hmm. but it's taken years (laughs) it has taken years for because my kids are older now and they do a decent job of getting themselves ready I will say um 
there went into a messy bun right at the gate as I dropped her off at school today. So, um, cause she, cause I was like, did you brush your hair? She's like, yeah. I'm like, yes, oh, I did. no, it doesn't really look like it. <laughs> so I like did grabbed, I, I have, <laughs> I have a package of hair bands in my car. Cause that's very useful. And I like pulled one off and I'm like, okay, let's try to do something with this, you know? Yeah. So I hate that I went in the direction of like outward appearance, but it just is something that changes, but I'm just explaining first. it in that way. But there's a lot of inward work going on there too. I just can't think of a specific example to give. And I may have written it in my book. So remind me because if I pass something, well, one of the things that I noticed that is kind of strung throughout the entire book, it is an ABC order and there are verses like almost every other page that relate to something in your life. But as far as the inward thing, I almost feel like the entire, if you were to like wrap the whole book up, there's all these things that you've gone through in your life, ups and downs. But the, one of the key things that stands out to me is you continuing to tap into that source, tapping into that power source, which is God and your mm-hmm. relationship with God, whether it was putting on the armor of God for yourself, get, when you're encouraging at the end, like read your Bible, which I'm excited to talk about that at the end. Mm-hmm. You're tapping into that power source to, that's the inward, like you're trying to connect with who God designed you to be and find out what does that even look like? And it's so hard. I think a lot of us yes. are like, what does that look like? Who am I? Like we're different people before we have children. Sometimes we're different people just before we start, you know, a certain job. And then just yes. based on influence, not that people can change your inward character or who you are as a person or what you've, you know, decided is right and wrong based on what God's telling you personally, but being in certain atmospheres for a long periods of time. Like I know for me working in the beauty industry, that can alter your perception a little bit, even if you're trying to stay strong in the Lord and that type of thing. It can alter and it can have an effect on your spirituality in your life overall. Yes. So even jobs can change you, but definitely nothing changes you like, you know, getting married or having, and then having kids. I think, you know, having the children definitely <laughs> alters a lot more for you. There's so many sleepless nights now. You can't run around with half of your clothes off your body anymore. <laughs> you right. A lot of the fun stuff is just set aside. I know like I could make a list of what you're talking about, like all the things, not just the, the physical, but you can make a list of all the ways that you feel like you've lost yourself or all the I used to do's. Well, I used to right. be there and I used to wear makeup every single day and I used to stand in the salon I wore these shoes and I had that outfit and now my kids you know if I can get them looking somewhat decent just getting into church and so that's another thing you talked about like trying to I think I agree with some of what you said in your book about or what what you were talking about with getting connected to the right people and getting involved at church and you talk about something that I also relate to which is the season I'm in your kids are a little bit older and mine I'm still breastfeeding one and it's you asked that question in your book like well why am I here why am I even going to church (laughs) and so I'm there like I feel that so what was it that helped you get connected with people? Because I know you meant you talk about your college years and how you were so involved in certain things and it was very uplifting and you were connected to people. And you, you know, it's different when you don't have to worry about children. So yes, like what did that, what did it look like for you with kids? What did it look like to finally get connected to other people? I think you mentioned getting involved. What was it that like connected you when your kids were small, when it was the most difficult? Because your kids weren't sitting quietly and you had to breastfeed one and you're in and out of the service so much you're missing everything the pastor says so what does that look like for you like what did it look like to finally connect what phase was that is there hope okay does it get better and I always say you know it does in many ways it does get better but it's like once you figured one thing out your kid like grows and goes through this different phase and it's like this whole new thing to figure out you, know? I mean, you know how people and it are. keeps life interesting huh you, you know how people are they want to like make every excuse for not going to church like well this is annoying to me or I don't agree with that that's like not even difficult at all like you don't agree with something welcome to church you know <laughs> you're not gonna agree yeah. with something. you saw someone talking angry to their son outside of the building on your first day to that church welcome to church everyone's a sinner you know? yeah but this right exactly like like, like a hospital um, hospital for the sick or yes. something like that I think there's a yes. song about that and, yeah. yeah um and and I will say I, I I never want to try to uh portray or be something that I'm not so I can call this a confessional if we want to <laughs> I'm, I'm all about I'm all about confessionals. Uh, so I think sometimes you just have to get it out there. I am not the perfect person at attending church right now at this season of my life. Yeah. Um, and I am not promoting that by any means. I will say that we go to church on some Sunday mornings. I watch the sermon online every single yeah. Sunday, you know, um, and I'm not promoting. I don't, I don't think that's a good thing. I'm not saying <laughs> so. I'm not proud of myself for season, that. Well, I'm, I don't um, know that it's necessarily bad either. I mean, we did that probably for a year during COVID. We yes. 
yeah. I don't think we were physically in a building for like over a year. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, but I, I mean, I do, I, I watch our service. I watch um, my brother's service, like from his church and stuff like that. So, and I'm reading devotionals um, a lot. Um, so, you know, but I, I, I know, and kind of in this season of my life, I'm kind of working through that again to see uh, what direction I'm pointed in. But I know that it's not just you know, because I, I look at this and I'm like, this is me criticizing myself because I'm like, it's not just about my relationship with God. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's not the whole point. Like, mm-hmm. I, I need to be out there serving yeah. and I need to. So I'm, I'm currently kind of trying to assess that right now as to like, what what's a what what's like? a way for me to get back involved? Where, which direction am I, am I supposed to go and things like that? And, you know, it kind of goes with, with the ebb and flow of life because I think I mentioned in my book that I was, at the time of me writing it, I was very involved with our children's ministry mm-hmm. at church mm-hmm. um, so and I enjoyed that and that fed me and, and everything at that season of my life so now I'm just again trying to reassess and figure out how you know how I need to I, I know that's something I need to do I just and, and I know God will point you in the right direction and, at the right time I, as a matter of fact when I started working with the children's ministry because I think what starts happening is you you start feeling this like pressure you know like you go through these like pressure points in life and um, you sometimes people could even call it like a, a tinge of depression or it just something doesn't like feel right in, mm-hmm. in your life. Yeah. And it was in that moment that my pastor personally called me and invited me to be a big part of the children's ministry. So, and so I was like, yes, you know, and that's the thing too. I, I'm going to say this out loud and then it's going to come to me and it's like, oh, what am I bringing to myself? Sometimes I'm like, sometimes I kind of think in my head, you know, I just need somebody at church to ask me, you know, and it does have to be the right ask I have yeah. to feel comfortable with it I have to pray about it and stuff like that you know so anyways I just want to put that out there but I'm gonna kind of go a little bit backwards because I had several thoughts I know your question is connection with people which I kind of just talked about that a little bit mm-hmm. but I can elaborate more on that but I do want to go back to because I don't I don't fully like how I answered the identity hey, so we're I, all I want to talk progress <laughs> I have a whole page on identity questions but I mean we are, we're covering okay. some of it just by you Yes. So I I just want to go back because I I thought of one other thing. um, Well, several different things because you, you know, you were talking about like I I was very involved in a church when I was in college. And Mm -hmm. um, I I remember that part of me. And that was a really fun part of me. And I remember my friend and I being in the car and traveling over to this church and singing songs and making hand motions. And, you know, you're just so free, you know, Mm -hmm. like I was I at that point, I was not married. I had no kids. It was just me, you know. Yeah. So what a fun, what a fun part of life or season of life and stuff. Not that I'm not saying I love this season that I'm in too, yeah. Yeah. you know, but it's just, it's different seasons. So um, that kind of brought up, you know, and I'll, I'll hear an old song from high school and I'm like, oh, that brings me back to that person that I used to be. And it's just kind of fun to visit those, those identities at times. The other thing is when I was talking about, I was doing it more from an outside view, but talking about the identity change. What was interesting is when I, went through this shift. Am I a teacher? Am I a mom? Am I a teacher mom? Am am I both of these things? Something that actually helped me, which is funny, as I say this on a podcast was podcasting is what helped actually, it was like my therapy. Um, And I did that. Yeah, I did that. um, That was towards the beginning of me becoming because I was like, did I do that with my son? But that was the beginning of when I started with my daughter. And and I didn't I just had it on my heart. And it was Mm -hmm. something that I wanted to do. And I did it as a travel podcast, like family travel. And I purposely did that because I was scared to talk about anything else. But in funny that it just starting by talking about traveling, it started to help me find my voice. And then podcasting led to a blog and then blogging led to social media. And that's just that became my creative outlet. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think I truly think that helped me and it was like my that was like my own identity, you know, because as a teacher, and especially in our public schools now, um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's there's standards, there's expectations, and, and there's good and bad with that. But there's there's a lot of that. 
And I didn't, I didn't find as much as I love teaching, I didn't find that I could be as creative as I wanted to be. And so I think that was harming and hurting me. And so when I began doing the podcasting and the blogging and the creative designing and stuff like that, that that is where I started finding me, you know, that became my identity. Um, So that are are your kids? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Feel free to run out. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) You got that mom face on you're like, wait, what's happening? Um, so anyway, so that, so that is true. It, it truly did help me and it helped me to find my voice and kind of, um, so I, I would give, I would give credit to that. Um, and just writing and finding my inner self and stuff. So, um, another thing I recently read a devotion on transition and I think this is all always a great thing to follow. And a part of it was on identity and it said, you know, you, you choose these different identities, but, um, the, the biggest and best identity we should follow is, you know, being a child of God. And that's, that's the ultimate purpose. And there's probably more that I could elaborate on that. Like, I feel like, go ahead. I feel like that was your answer throughout every part of your book was really just turning things back to the Lord and turning it back to yeah. scripture. And it wasn't even really like you had to try really hard to make that happen. It was yeah. kind of like, you're yeah. aware. I know several times you mentioned either you didn't have a pastoral degree or you were no scholar or theologian and neither am I, but it's kind of like what I was telling you with on my utmost first highest and the verse you shared from Exodus in your book about when God called Moses and he, you know, committed a murder and God like forgave and reconciled him from doing something really terrible and then used him to save people. And I'm studying that for something else, but I read it in your book and it's true. Like God, when God calls us, we don't have to have all these things in place. We just have to obey the voice of the Lord. He's the one that's going to prepare us and give us what we need as long as we're doing his work. It's when we go on our own and try to like make our own name. And this applies to what I just studied in the book of Genesis as well, like the Tower of Babel in the Bible, they were trying to make a name for themselves. And that word, yes. they were trying to make a name for themselves is the key because God had already chosen a nation. And then, not mm-hmm. to get too political, but there's a lot of stuff going on right now in the world that applies mm-hmm. to God's chosen people. And mm-hmm. it's crazy. If anyone's watching the news, you already know what I'm talking about. Like, I don't want to go into that whole thing, but everything kind of just connects, like when you're in God's will. So, in reference to all of the mom identity or personal identity, any of those things, it really comes down to, I think, what you're saying, turning it back to the Lord and relying on his will for your life instead of trying to choose for ourselves what we think we want. Because I know that I uh-huh. like, applied for all the jobs and freaked out when money was really tight and just tried to do it. And it's not that proactivity is bad or that going out and trying to make things better for your family is bad. But if you're stressing your family and it's taking you away from your family and away from children that need you, that's when it could be a bad thing if you're trying to do too uh-huh. many things. But going back to your podcast and how it was an outlet, that kind of makes a lot of sense to me because some people uh-huh. like having a platform to speak and talk and I've actually considered having other people on to talk about parts of their life. I was recently talking to a friend at church um, who's an RN and just a, it was a very short conversation. I don't know a whole lot of details, but it kind of reminded me of what some of my family has said about going through COVID and working in the hospital. And uh-huh. she, she said something and I don't want to like misquote her. So it's kind of paraphrasing, but it was along the lines of, I feel like I'm still traumatized from that. or I'm still dealing with trauma from that experience. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Maybe having people on, you know, and our pastor's wife has had cancer multiple times. So there's so many things that we could relate to other people, whether it was suffering or trauma, like how COVID affected everybody so many ways, mom identity. So it makes total sense that podcasting was an outlet. And I know it turned into like, but look, here you have this book. Like it became, <laughs> it became a book and I've always wanted mm-hmm. to publish. And so yeah, that was the next step. I didn't mention that. Yeah. <laughs> I found you on social media. I'm like, holy cow, she did it. You know. <laughs> so I said the later. same thing. I was like, oh my gosh, I did it. <laughs> so we have to meet later so I can ask you like, so what would you not do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could go back yeah. again. What would you not do this time? Yeah. So I learned some things for sure. Would you say that on this whole topic of identity with everything that we've discussed, would you say that the one area in your book where you talk about struggling with maybe the body issues, did that have anything to do with just how you perceived yourself based on where you were at in your life at that time? I don't know if that was pre children, post children. It could be throughout your life. I've had body issues my whole life. I've struggled with, you know, weight. It's, I've, it's probably why I had this outlet of encouraging other people to work out all the time and everybody's different but you did mention that sort of in the beginning earlier part of your book yeah I um social media and how you saw other people or was that earlier years before social media became this giant yeah yeah I you know like like we grew up in the generation where we didn't have social media 
blasting us as much, which I guess is probably something we should be thankful for. I, I think I think we talked about before how we kind of worry about the generations before us because it's in their minds even more than it was for us. But I, yeah, that was just inward stuff, just being unhappy with myself. And then I think I have, I, I mean, it's not perfect, not perfect by any means, but um, nothing ever is. But I think I have reached a point of, of not being so upset with myself anymore. You know, I, I had my mom and I talk about that inwardly, outwardly, just who I am as a person, just being more accepting of myself. And I, th- I think that's something that in recent years, I've come to understand too, that um, like, I, this is a really good conversation to have actually, but it's because um, th- people have different thoughts on it, but I'm going to kind of share, share my thoughts because there's Of course, especially with social media, um, there's there's a lot of I love me, love yourself, stuff like that. And people can look at that and they can they can take it as, you know, that's very selfish and things like that. And I do see that. And I think it can be taken overboard and stuff like that. But and there's even a verse in the Bible, too, if I can try to recall it. But I don't I don't want to misquote, but it's like a a love yourself. And there's a verse that I found one day and maybe I can look it up later and you can put it in the show notes or something but what the the bible verse kind of made me start thinking a little bit deeper about it and and i'm sure a lot of people already have this understanding too but i feel like if we love ourselves if we are happy with ourselves and you probably already know this but uh, it took me a while to figure it out but if we love ourselves if we're happy with ourselves we are kinder to other people because there's not all of that hate and anger and jealousy and all of that stuff with in us. So if, if we are happy with us and we love God and we know our purpose is, is to fulfill his wishes and to give glory to him. And, you know, if, if everything's aligned there, then we put out like, like in my book where I talk about the oil and keeping our oil filled and so that it overflows onto other people and stuff like that, you know, that was a fun thing to kind of discover within myself, you know, yeah. that, that it's, it's okay to have, which I, I, I say it's okay to have confidence and look at my shirt. It says God fidence knowing I can't but he can so that kind of sums it up too you know so anyways I know exactly what you're talking about because I'm guilty of being the one that posted on social media before not that this is a bad quote but she believed that she could and so she did Mm -hmm. and so that it's not a bad statement I think it's still somewhere like if you scroll way back on my fitness page the lifestyle fitness wellness one on Instagram it's probably back there somewhere in the beginning of like 2018 when I first started the whole fitness blog going in that direction, influencer style stuff, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I posted that quote and I may have even shared it a couple of times like in the feed, but the whole idea behind that is kind of godless because it's encouraging people to go within themselves, which is a lot of what some of the counseling and therapy will do for you. Like you're not guilty of anything and you just have to learn to deal with everybody else's garbage. That doesn't really allow healing, but forgiveness, there's so many things again that we, you and I have in common or that you studied when you were writing this book and that I have been studying recently as I've been in the pursuit of peace and trying to understand, you know, my life versus Philippians 4, 8 about what's true and real. And that's also something you share in your book and you tie it to truth. And I think the biggest truth that we should really be focusing on is that we are all equally needy of God. And that is not a proud and haughty thing to say. So if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're aware that other people in the world need Jesus just as much as we do, that's not too proud to say that's just the truth. Like right. I'm no better than you. I'm no better than anybody else on social media. Now, maybe their life is portrayed like perfectly and gloriously but I also want to encourage people that's why I have this new page and that's why I'm reading awesome books like yours <laughs> you know and getting connected with people and trying to like share a little bit of your story because uh-huh. I think that what you're saying is the truth and I think that more people need to see that there's others there's more people like us you know uh-huh. where I was talking to someone very recently who I've I know I've known her like our entire lives and I knew she was a believer or a Christian and she she kind of mentioned that we were kind of my generation, like me, because some of her kids were our age, and that we were kind of the last ones, or like the, the very few. And I thought, there's got like there's so many more of us. Like if you just search for a minute, you're gonna find a bunch of other believers. There's a huge network of people, even on social media. Mm-hmm. If you choose yeah. to follow the Kardashians and all of those types of people, I'm no better than any of them. But what they're promoting is essentially this amazing, beautiful, physical, beautiful life on this planet. This 
that doesn't go any farther than this world. So uh-huh. they're not, I'm not a better person than them, but I know that all of us are equally as needy of Christ. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. And so that's the danger of having quotes like what you're saying, like she believed that she could and she did. And I think that your shirt is amazing and we should get some copies of those. Maybe you can start selling those on Amazon with your book. <laughs> Yeah. 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 <laughs> and we'll yeah, and I, that I, in the show notes as well. No. <laughs> yeah. I know. And I'm actually making notes of things because like if there's something that I can't remember off the top of my head, I, I want to, you know, send the verse to you or something so you can you can put the actual quoted verse I in your show notes. But for the one that you were just talking about and I, I can't find it, the one on love. I was I was scrolling here in one of my Bible apps trying to find the one about loving yourself. Love is the most important thing. I mean mm-hmm. that, Yes, that definitely. Whole if you say finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. I I know we talked about this, but just to briefly revisit it, um, when we met the first time on the podcast. it's it's probably good that it was a week later because it felt so new that it felt fake to get back on there and re-say everything that we had just said but it's been long enough now that it doesn't feel like we just talked about it but it's still the finished work of Jesus Christ was the greatest act of love because in that moment when we were torturing him the very most we used a weapon called the cat of nine tails that essentially rips the flesh off of bone and so after torturing him and leaving him there bloodless you know almost bloodless stabbing him in the side with the spear to see if there was any blood left in him like oh is he alive and then bartering, passing his garments around and making bets and laughing at him while he hangs there dying. In that moment, knowing that he was about to be separated from Father God, which is something we'll never have to experience because of his finished work. We can talk to God anytime we want. He's always there, unchanging yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Knowing he was about to experience that suffering of being separated from God and in total darkness, he not only forgave us, but he said, God forgive them. So he prayed for us. Uh And I know people out there that have gone through some real suffering. And then there's people like Corey Tin Boom, who's gone through crazy suffering and to expect like if you were a counselor or therapist I'm kind of going in the route of maybe going into clinical psychology from speech language pathology so it's like a whole different route but um, that's a fun path it's like (laughs) craziness right but clinical when I think about counseling and psychology like nobody would say like well you need to forgive them and pray for them especially if it's like an abuser and all the stuff happening in the world right now with children and I know people that have gone through you know physical or sexual abuse and it's this horrible thing and no one that has not experienced something like that could say well you need to forgive that sounds like so cruel and heartless but the truth is forgiveness is freedom so that we're not carrying that worst moment yes. in our life with us for the rest of our life. We're continuing to uh-huh. carry the demons of what those horrible evildoers did if we uh-huh. can't find our, if we can't come to a place of forgiveness. So Jesus essentially came to that place of forgiveness. And Corey Ten Boom is another person who came to such a place of grace and forgiveness that she was able to pray for somebody that abused her in those camps. So she was able to pray for them and they got saved. And she, so she was thinking of the bigger picture outside of this planet and the suffering that we experience here on this world she was thinking of eternity mm-hmm. and that's love like i think mm-hmm. to aspire you know it's only i can only i can only hope to aspire yeah. to that kind of love and forgiveness so i know i talked for a really long time so it's well and, and i i i kind of i'm, I'm thinking as, as you're talking as well yes love is a very good thing to have inside of you and it's a very good way to point any decision like if, if you're having to make a decision it's it's a very good direction to go i i want to jump back to talking about shining God's glory and things like that and like the oil and I so being positive right you know and I try I'm not perfect at it but I try to be as positive as I can as often as possible and there will be times where people can't figure that out they don't understand it and it doesn't mean because I'm I'm looking towards positivity and I'm acting positively that everything's perfect like I still try to be real and things like that I want to put positive energy out there you know I I want to do something positive there's that and then I also think I'm extremely human um I make mistakes and then there's something if you don't mind I want to and you've probably heard this before but I would love to share this because this has been something that um that it leads me a lot and the very bottom of it is it helps me and I think it relates to this because I think people will even of course that's where there was a chapter on judgment that's where judgment comes in when Mm -hmm. when they see that you made a choice you know and they can't figure out why you felt that was a good choice or something but I really do try to tune in and journal and and read my bible and things like that to make the choices that I make in life so people will look at it and and judge if that was a good choice or not you know but if I feel inside that that was a good choice then that's really all that matters and so what I'm explaining is their their opinions necessarily and of course it's good to seek advice from people and things like that but their opinions don't necessarily matter you know and that's a big struggle 
struggle of mine because I have a I have a people pleaser mentality, you know? And so that's something I don't do it perfectly, but that's something I always try to work through that it's not about what other people think. It's about what it's between God and me. So yes. I want to read this and you probably heard it before. It's from um, Mother Teresa. It's a very long quote, but I love it. So tell I'll read it and then you tell me if you've heard it before. Yeah. But people are often unreasonable, illogical and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give your best anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. So that that speaks to me, and I, I will post that on social media every now and then and repost it. So have you heard that before? What are yeah, your thoughts? It's been a long time. I like yes. it. It's applicable. Yes. And there's also, I put this verse in my book when you were talking about um, Jesus on the cross and the way he was treated and everything. And I also, I often have things like little quotes of verses and stuff in my head that I'll, when I'm going through things or something, I'll be like, what's next, Papa? And this is from the message, the paraphrase version of the Bible by Eugene Peterson. And that is, so that's another verse that I could give you for your show notes or something, because that's just such a good one. And it basically just says, if we go through the good times, well, uh, the hard times with you, we'll definitely go through the good times and things like that. So, um, and then another thing that I said in my book, which relates to something that you were saying was um, in forgiveness and things like that, don't let their hurts plague your soul. I remember um, a, one of the first people that read my book and before I even published it, she she pulled that one out and she was like, oh, I, re I really like that one. And um, so it's it's true, you know, it, it's it's a cleansing thing too. That's all. Yeah, it's like a freedom. In yes. your book somewhere, um, I don't remember exactly what chapter or what letter, <laughs> but you basically were saying like, I'm in a better place now, but I'm still not in the best place. What essentially did you mean by that? Like, is it because you're a continued work in progress? It was after all of the chapters on, it was after that whole beginning section about the identity and then even some of your public school experience, like teaching and some of the good and trials also that you went through. <laughs> The good experience yeah. and the trauma of dealing with humanity. Yeah, I think it's, I, I don't remember where I put that in my book, honestly, progress. but I would imagine it was because it was like, it was, I think my book for me, and, and that's why I just enjoyed it writing it, you know, is, is, um, and I'm happy. Like there have been people that have told me that it impacted them. I'm like, wow, that's great. Cause I mean, it impacted me, but I didn't know it would, you know, do the same for other people. But I, I imagine that through walking through this, and of course I was keeping notes in my phone and stuff, but when I got real deep with it and had the time, which you don't get this a lot when you're raising kids, but this was the moment that my child went back to elementary school. This was this was, you know, COVID was still kind of happening, but we were towards the end of it. Um, my son was in um, voluntary pre-kindergarten. So I had like three hours of like time to think and process. And I needed that. I really needed that. And so I think as walking through my past and, um, and, it, and a lot of it was recent past of just the start of my motherhood, but of course I was still pulling on things from way in my past as well. Um, and and so I think I probably, and what I was saying in the book is like, I'm doing better. I'm starting to get a grasp of this kind of like, I use like the Cheerio metaphor, like God feeding me like teeny tiny Cheerios. So um, I probably hadn't made it to my best spot yet. I think probably by the end of the book and stuff, I, I had really kind of gotten a, a good picture, but there's still, I mean, on the daily, there's still things that I'm seeking, things that I'm still mm -hmm. learning and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. but there are some very strong verses that kind of help me like keep my focus. Like I, I may even, I don't remember, but I may, I don't want to spoil the last verse though, either. <laughs> I always don't want to say it, but there's very a verse nice. that, um, cause it, I loved how I, I felt like I put that verse in there. It was like, and sheen, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
it's just we're humans and we're imperfect and I mean that's even in your title the imperfection part like this is just a blog I'm not a perfect person I would not pretend to be a perfect person here's some real life stories through the struggle and here's some hope for the present and the future yeah so it speaks yeah, yeah. I think it's a tiny it's a tiny little book and it speaks volumes I think so thank you let's switch into the social media the hot topic of social media because i think this ties into i know covid changed us all and we could go into COVID all day long but i love the part in your book where you're talking about how we have to get our own armor Uh we need the armor of god and i always say we need to get our own like we can't write off the back of the strong pastor or the strong godly friend great to have them accountability we all need accountability in our life whether we're physically in a church or not you what you said is really important it's not the building and i'm not going to be judging judgment of anyone who's not physically in a building right now or judging people that aren't saved. I have a lot of loved ones that, you know, don't believe in God or aren't saved and I have just as much love for them and I'm not any better. I just understand that there's a truth in scripture about our need for God. But I love what you say about the armor of God and how we have to put that on. There's a lot of, yuck, you know, yucky things that we have to deal with on a regular basis, like what you dealt with and COVID, what I dealt, what the RNs deal with and in a lot of ways from reading what you had to say about being a public school teacher and the whole social media topic that in a lot of ways it's related to what RNs deal with or any customer service job when it comes to dealing with humanity. So on behalf of humanity, thank you for <laughs> serving as a public school teacher and yeah. really having to deal with the parents. Right. I've seen a lot yep. of that. The reason that relates to social media is because I do follow you and I've seen some of your, you know, your school teaching methods and some of your public school teaching experience on social media. So I guess first let's speak to public school teaching and just kind of how you transitioned out of that. Talk about that a little bit and what that looks like now for you because I know that you had some struggles I know it's too big of a topic to go fully into but there's probably some public school teachers that will listen to the podcast (laughs) and you're not public school teaching but I do think that you could write some materials for like homeschoolers like myself (laughs) don't you have a thing tell me about your thing that you or can you can you talk about the thing that you're going to maybe be doing I didn't even mention this to you beforehand that I would ask you about this it's the thing that you texted me about that we could maybe get my daughter involved in that you're going to offer? Is it online? Is that something you can talk about? I think you posted it on Instagram, right? Yes. Okay. So that, um, what is that? That is something I'm truly excited to be a part of. So that is called acres, um, which stands for after school. Okay. After school coaching for reflective educators in STEM. So it says after school, but, um, it can, uh, the homeschool audience is welcome to join in this as well. So it is actually the training for or parents that are homeschooling or after school workers, people that are working in like after school programs and things like that. Um, so it's uh, my commitment to this organization is to do four cohorts each season. So right now I'm doing one cohort for fall and then I'll do another cohort in spring, another one in summer, and then another one in fall. And that that is my commitment to that. I'm loving it. So like there's a little part of me that's like, oh, it would be fun this if you know I could continue you. on afterwards, but we'll just see because that's all in God's hands supposed to come of it. So, um, but basically what it is, is I can do it in zoom. I can do it hybrid. I can do it in person. So it's whatever the audience of people that want to participate and it is free. It's a free training. So one cohort, one commitment is three sessions long. Um, and it's two hours each session. Yeah. So focusing on bringing STEM into your home, bringing STEM into after school programs. It's also, it's a project of MMSA, Maine Math and Science Alliance, like Maine, the state. So what they have done, so it's originating from that state, but then they're training um, coaches all over the the USA. Um, so it's it's a pretty neat thing, and I've enjoyed being involved in it. And probably should have talked about it at the end. But if you have a link where people can access your information about that, we could include that in the show notes as well. I'm, I'm yes. to kind and- of have this little closure of all the things. You know, like here's the link to her book that she wrote that we're talking about today. Probably what link I will include is just a Google form, mm-hmm. and that way you can just kind of put your information in and an email address, and um, it just kind of gives me it's like a connection piece Mm -hmm. um so then i can get to know who's interested and we can find dates and times that work and everything like that um otherwise i mean i could send an immediate registration link but i'm just trying to get a feel of like who wants to join what 
times work best and things like that. So that would probably be the best way to get connected. So if it's okay that I mentioned, like I, I can be found if you go to teacher mom talks, like usually Instagram private message or something is, is an easy way to find me too. Yeah. But if there's any question and I don't, I don't know what question we're on, but I do want to go back because you're talking about the armor of God. I do remember what question. Okay. So I know where to take it. So we're talking about the armor of God. And one thing when you mentioned that, that, that came up to me, that was also a learning lesson that I really liked is in that armor of God verse, it talks about the fury darts. And I really enjoy how I utilize and how I still utilize that verse in my life because I like capture those fury darts. Like I name them as that's a fury dart, capture it and get rid of it, you know? And that's been so good for my mind to just think in that manner, you know, because, you know, something can come inside of you. Somebody can say something, somebody can look at you that way. You can be creating a false narrative in your head. And I have to just verbalize that, say it in my head, you know, I'm like, that's a fury dart, like get rid of it. Like that's trash, that's trash garbage in my head, you know? When you first said fury dart, I was thinking fairy, like fairy, you say it differently. Everyone has like a different accent. I say fiery, like a fiery dart. And you're saying fairy dart. And at first it threw me off of like the fairy dart, but that sounds so lovely and sparkly. (laughs) You know what? You know what? I could be pronouncing, mispronouncing. It doesn't matter, but it's so funny because it sounds different than the way I was thinking in my brain. So I'm picturing this little floating fairy now. And it's like, get rid of yeah, it. No. Yeah, we want to keep it. And see, we're learning something new every single day because you're right. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have, um, I've actually worked on my pronunciation. Like I used to say, I used to say boil and it's boil. like, people are like boil and I had to like teach myself. And that is actually like doing phonics lessons and stuff like that. I've even like corrected myself. Like I've been saying this, this wrong, this like vowel this team wrong the time. whole time. <laughs> so yes, and actually time. it's probably if you go to different versions, you could say flaming dart. Like I think I noticed that, that it yeah. was kind of named. I should have used a different word. <laughs> Anyways, um, so. Oh, and you were talking about public school teaching. Like so that's when you probably really needed your armor when you were dealing with yes. the parents, not just. But I didn't have it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you I and because if you remember in my book, I put, I put, I discovered these verses. Like probably, I can't remember how the verses came to me. Honestly, I don't. I don't remember how I first learned of them. But it was around the same time that I was writing the book, and you know, I we probably remember in the book that I was like, "Where have these verses been my whole life? I've been in." church my whole life. If somebody preached about it, I missed it. I never, I was never aware of those verses. And I love, those are like some of my favorite verses now. So the interesting thing in saying that, you know, it's like, yeah. So when I was in the public schools in the past, I didn't have that armor of God. I didn't have in my mind that way. And I always say God takes us many different places. So who knows if it is his purpose and his will for me to return to public school one day, I will move in that direction, but I will do it in a totally different way. And I hope I will be successful with that because I will have a different mindset. I hope I can achieve with my armor of God and shine his glory because our public schools do need positive people. They they need people in there that are doing good for others. And our teachers need that as well, that our teachers need that encouragement. And does that answer your question? It does. What is your, tell us your credentials really quick for people that might be interested in knowing. I I'm certified K through six. I have my ESOL and reading endorsement and I, and I have my master's in educational leadership. That's awesome. You were talking about how we all have these different perspectives of people and they can feel judgy sometimes. And the one that we should really be worrying about is our identity in Christ and God's perspective of who we are and what he's calling us to do. And I know I hear what you're saying in the book when you were talking about, you know, being a stay at home mom and how that whole thing can be looked at. Like can be looked down upon by some people with the world going in this direction. If you have to have this two person income type thing that can feel judgy. So what did it look like for you when you were finally making that decision to move out of public school? And I know you're saying you may go back if God calls you, maybe when your kids are older, because you do have this incredible teaching, writing, speaking ability. What did it look like to get to that place where you could step out and make that change and get that peace? It's a whole new identity, I think, for you, the way you described it in the book. It was taking yes. on something else, not just the armor of God, but it was like taking on something completely different. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Sometimes when you talk, my brain starts going, chill, 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 chill. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> 
I know. I'm like, which direction do I go? Um, Because one thing that pops into my mind that's also in my book is about the lane thing, like stay in your own lane. And I even talk about like you're in this vehicle and they're up here and you're back here and looking at each other and the blinders and all that. Because I, I think that it drives me nuts when people want to say one way is better than the other. What I'm so, so grateful for is the many perspectives I've been able to gain from life because I have jumped into so many different scenarios. And honestly, when I was younger and I planned my life for it, I thought I was going to be a public school teacher in the classroom, 30 years, boom, straight through, you know? And so, and everything just went like, and you know, and, but I'm so grateful for that because Mm -hmm. it's helped me to like understand things better and understand people better. And um, I've been a public school teacher. I've been a homeschool mom. I've had my kids in, this has been interesting, having my kids in public school, not working within Mm -hmm. that school, you know, and gaining that perspective. Um, so I, I taught on out school, which is actually a really cool program. If you never heard of that. So I taught kids in Argentina, Korea, all across the United States. I did this during COVID, um, Australia. Did I say that one? So that was a neat experience. So I've just had all of these different experiences to play on. Um, so that perspective, that's the most wonderful thing that we can gain. And one of my favorite quotes is the only way you can truly know yourself is to immerse yourself in an unfamiliar world, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I'm like, yeah, put me in that unfamiliar world because I'm going to learn so much. So which, which direction do I take this? Cause there's so many, what, ask your question again. And let me see what pops into my head. Like that finding peace, like you were talking about identity and finding really, I guess, seeing God's perspective for you when you were making that shift out of public school teaching to be at home and finding peace with that whole new identity. Like what did yeah. it look like for you to, what, what really gave you that calm? Like this is the right decision. I've, I've made the right decision. All right, everybody. Well, that brings us to the end of part one on this amazing episode with Jenny Kime and interviewing her about her book, The ABCs of a Teacher Mom. I absolutely love that part of her title is imperfect blog style entries that are written from her soul as not only a public school educator, but a mom, a mama life, (laughs) Um, overcoming fears and just all the things in her life just helped her to see God. And I love in her book how she relates so many things like every other page to scripture. You'd really have to check out that book. And so I am going to be including the link to the ABCs of a teacher mom in the show notes, as well as the STEM cohort survey sign up. In case you're interested in learning more about that, you can reach out that way. We'll be highlighting some of her favorite verses in the show notes, as well as main topics covered. And I know this was a crazy place to cut off. You did not get the answer to the question (laughs) about making that shift from full-time public school teacher into full-time stay-at-home mom and what that looks like. So join us next week, or maybe a little bit sooner if I get this thing going. (laughs) Might be sooner. You never know for the answer to that question. So stay tuned for part two of this amazing interview with Jenny Kime. As always, listeners, I am so glad to have you here on the podcast. I love being able to encourage your heart and encourage you to walk the 4A life. Stay connected. Remember, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel. You can leave reviews here on the iTunes or whatever platform you're listening from. And I'm going to include a special link from the RSS feed in the show notes today for today's episode I'm going to add additional portions so that you can separate if you wish to the 66 days from the bible books and listen to only that season two separate from the rest of the episodes or access all episodes in order I love you guys I'm praying for you I'm so glad that you're here with me and I look forward to seeing you on the next podcast I love you and it's all because of him